Welcome to Zul Threes, and thank you for gathering with us for our part two of this Wimscog, exploring Wimscog, Mother God cult cast. In our first part, we had Christine share quite extensively on the history of the movement, and on the tail end of that first part, had Caleb beginning to talk to us about the theology of the movement. In the second part now, we explore the theology of the movement more in depth, as well as actually consider the implications for the New Zealand church of this movement. Um, as always, we would love your engagement. You can like and subscribe to us on YouTube, or you can find us on Facebook via that same name, Two or Three Gathered. Um, thanks for joining us. We really hope you enjoy the second offering. In regards to... Uh the idea that unsung hong was slash is christ it's very interesting they um had in some ways Wimscog sometimes delineate between christ and jesus not in a an emergent church uh richard rorian kind of way um where it's like oh christ is is everyone and jesus was that one guy um but it's more along the lines of jesus christ of nazareth who lived two thousand years ago his christian name so to speak was jesus or yeshua and he was and is christ when he came back as unsung hong he became unsung hong christ um, now, a, there are a lot of verses that Wimscog used to justify um, him to be the the second coming, but none of them actually point to Ansung Hong himself. Um, one, for example, that they use is Hebrews nine twenty seven to twenty eight, and just as it is appointed, oh, I'll actually bring this up on my on the screen. Okay, here we are. And just as it is appointed for man to die once, oops, sorry, this is covered on my screen. For man to die once, and after that comes judgment, so Christ, having been offered once to bear the sins of many, will appear a second time, not to deal with sin, but to save those who are eagerly waiting for him. Now, that last sentence to save those who are eagerly waiting for him is where they make the the claim that Unsung Hong came and delivered Passover. He delivered the the or, or restored rather Passover to the church. Um, so that that's clearly him, which is very very silly um, because that that doesn't prove anything. It just hints towards a possibility. Um, and it, it, it's the, another, probably the other passage in which they, uh, try to refer to Ansung Hong is in, I believe, Revelation here, uh, Revelation 7, 1. Oh, maybe it's not this one. No, sorry. We're looking for Isaiah forty one two. You're not on forty one two, you're on sixty six, by the way. Ah, thank you. <laughs> I see why that happened. Cool. Who stirred up one from the east, whom victory meets at every step? He gives gives up nations before him, so that he tramples kings underfoot. He makes them like dust with his sword, like driven stubble with his bow. Now they they specifically refer to this part: who stirred up one from the east? Uh, Korea, being in Asia, is east. 
Um, That's such a thin grasping at straws, isn't it? I mean, I can say, well, I'm convinced. I'm convinced. Yeah, I mean, obviously, (laughs) Korea. Uh, It's it's bizarre, isn't it? Because it's about that that thing of finding, like a lot of cults do, finding verses that match your theology rather than making your theology out of scripture. Yeah, and that's it's so dangerous. Yeah, so. Also, the problem, another problem here is, well, if they're going as far east as possible, Japan is further east. Why Why is? Uh, why did um, Sung Hong not come from Japan? Because um, they hate Japan. <laughs> Korea and Japan hate each other historically. I mean, it's a well-known fact. <laughs> Sorry, where does the prophet come God from? Can't. Where does the latest prophet come from? He is Korea. also Korean. Uh, oh. Jude Shield. Ju Kim is, I was is Korean say, he's Japanese. As well. You know, oh. <laughs> no, no, they're all no. Korean. No, but uh, but uh, Ju Chol Kim is is not Christ uh, either. He he is he is merely a prophet. Um, is he Elijah? Do we know this? Because I know that you know how they say that um, Ang was a was Elijah, but is now Christ, but is also Elijah. You know that whole confusing yeah. thing. Is yeah. I'm Jules not too that? sure. Um, I don't know. It gets so confusing. Yeah. Now something that that um. Mike Winger also pointed to that that I really appreciated was um, the fact that they claim that this is Christ. Uh, they they tend another another passage which they use. I'll bring this one up. Is Matthew twenty four twenty seven. For as the lightning comes from the east and shines as far as the west, so will be, again from the east, so will be the coming of the Son of Man. Wherever the corpse is, there the vultures will gather. Now, they use this again. He's coming from the east to to say that he is the Son of Man. But you just need to go a few verses earlier. Then if anyone says to you, look, here is the Christ, or there he is. Do not believe it. Mike Winger made a great point here. Your first and initial reaction, if anyone says, I am Christ. Be wary. The next verse, verse 24. For false Christs and false prophets will arise and perform great signs and wonders, which he, he hasn't even done, really, um, so as to lead astray, if possible, even the elect. So, like we said, like like Mike Winger said, be wary. Your first idea should be to doubt them uh, and and realize, okay, Christ was not supposed to come in secret. You don't believe anyone who says, I am Christ, because you will know. You will know if it is him, because uh, Acts 1.11, I believe, let me find that. Yeah, X one eleven. And oh, sorry, he said, "Men of Galilee, why do you stand looking into heaven? This Jesus, who was taken up from you into heaven, will come in the same way as you saw him go into heaven. He will come down from the clouds. He will come down gloriously. And now some take that to be." rather metaphorical but they don't have an explanation for that in Wim's cog they they really don't and well the whole revelation like yeah. him coming as a judge as a, you know every knee shall bow every tongue confess that kind of thing there's mm. nothing like that in Wim's cog i wonder if this is where what you said before christine about the eisegetical preaching takes takes effect here because it's like you can take that it one is. verse that you first mentioned caleb and yeah. totally, you know, if out of context, you know, you would ignore that other verse that actually totally refutes that idea. Exactly. Yeah. You're late in the context. Yeah. I also think, you know, any any leader that makes a prophecy um, like, you know, the end of the world or something like that, and it doesn't come true when they say it will, um, there are so many biblical passages about false prophets. 
and and you know yes they might come up with a very plausible excuse to you but um you know like people with the gift of prophecy there have been times i've been given prophetic words for people um and it's always with fear and trepidation that you say it and it's always test Mm. this ask other people pray about it if it's not from god it will become clear very quickly if it's not from god and one of the ways it is is it won't come true (laughs) you know like it that is a very clear sign that it is not a prophecy from god um so if you are involved in in a church or something where somebody has made a a very a, a prophetic word that has blatantly not come true be very cautious about mm. that yeah one, one example in my family um i'm one of three children i'm the youngest uh uh after realizing they had perfected the art uh my parents um <laughs> Uh, nice. It's not because it's not because they they were like oh let's not do this again it was let's not do this again we we yeah, just can't yeah. um, it wouldn't anyway. be fear to anyone coming after you yeah. really I mean they'd just be anyway, in the shadow yeah. anyway after after me uh, my dad had a vasectomy at a church conference well after this uh, procedure a man was praying for my mum. Uh, as she responded to an altar call and um, he said, I feel God, God, oh, God is definitely telling me that, that he is going to open your womb up for a new child. He is going to, to give, to give you a new child. Um, And she just kind of went, "Mm, okay. mm, mm." He was like, you better not. (laughs) Walked away being like, okay, how's that going to happen? And, uh, it hasn't happened. Um, Shocking. Yeah. Uh, a grandchild, perhaps. <laughs> <laughs> well, see, this is the thing. You try and find ways to make it fit, right? Like, yeah. 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 Maybe, maybe he, that guy had a promising future with Wimscog. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, in, in my own life, I've had people, uh, a, a couple of people who um, have said to me, God wants everyone to be healed, everyone to be healed of, of illness. Um, now God has, I have prayed, uh, many times for my migraines to be healed. And God has told me very clearly three times confirmed by other people that that ain't happening with my Mm. migraines. Right. So I always say to people, can you please pray for strength and for moderation of pain and for control of pain? Like I am quite happy living my life if I can control the pain better, right? Yeah. There are some people who refuse to listen to that and like, no, it's a prophetic word. God is going to heal you. Now, if there are other people out there who have multiple times been told something very different, then you've got to kind of hold it with a grain of salt, you know, mm. and kind of go, is this actually what God is saying? Is that sitting right in my spirit? Is that sitting in right in the spirit of people I trust? Um, you know, like, what do I actually think of that? And and that's a yeah. little bit more of a gray area because it's two different people, like two like two different words from God, you know, at battle. It's like we're having a prophecy off, you know. Everybody grab their mics and prophecy it yeah. out. <laughs> it, it, it it reminds me of that um that time that that, that clip. It's hilarious of Bill Johnson, um, who he, he he's getting a word for someone in the in the congregation that has vision problems and God wants to heal that. And he's standing there wearing glasses. (laughs) Have you guys ever heard of Zach Anna? He's um, a guy with um, uh, cerebral palsy. Um, And he is hilarious. He's a comedian, funniest guy, right? Just Mm. takes the mickey out of his own body tremors and everything. It's so, so funny. Not a Christian, but he says he gets Christians coming up to him all the time being like, God has given me a word that he wants to heal your legs because he's in a wheelchair. And he's Mm. like, I always let them pray for me, but I do realize that the problem's not with my legs. It's actually a brain issue. And if it was actually from God, they'd be praying for my brain. (laughs) Yeah. His legs are fine. It's his brain that's the problem. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, it's it's this kind of like be very wary when you attribute something to God as saying. Mm. You know, yeah. I think um, 
you know, we should do that with fear and trembling because yeah. that has taken a huge amount on, on our word um, yeah. that God is speaking. Yeah, definitely. Now, as Wim's Cog are also known as the Mother God cult, uh, it is obviously clear that we should uh, tackle the idea of Mother God. Um, the, 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 there's not much, if any, uh, scriptural justification for the idea of a personhood of uh, God being God the Mother. Um, a lot of the ideas that um, Wim's cult will point to is the creation account, God saying, let us create man in our image. Um, the whole male yeah. and female, we created them. Yeah. However, yeah. it says male and female, he created them, not they created them. Um they, they don't read that. They just focus on the let us make them in our image, uh, completely ignoring several different ideas. This could be a reference to the Trinity. This could be a reference to um, the, the heavenly host. Uh, this, there, there are a few different ideas in Christendom um, about that. And, Mother God is not one of these that, that holds much, if any, traction. Um, the, the closest I can personally find is the, person, uh, the personification of wisdom in the book of Proverbs, in some parts, mostly in chapter 8, um, sometimes known by people as Lady Wisdom. Uh, but this is not given the title of God. It, it is given the title of God's wisdom, but it is not given the title of God. Um, and Which is quite, yeah. I, I just, I'd like to point out that's quite different from the way that the spirit is talked about, because I have heard people say, well, um, it's talked about God's wisdom, but what about God's spirit? Um, yes, there are times when the Holy Spirit has talked about the outpouring of God's spirit, but at other times the spirit is a very separate identity. Um, so, you know, it's, it's, there's, you have to understand the nuances of the language um, to really see the difference between a mother God um, figure or a, or a Sophia wisdom as a as another person of God or like just a personification of God's wisdom um, and the person of the Holy Spirit and that's why uh, modalism and things were um, things that were argued in early church history because there was this whole idea of, you know, well, God changing faces and where does the Trinity actually come from? And that's where understanding the Greek and the Hebrew and things around this is really important um, because mm -hmm. the Trinity is a very complicated uh, thing to really understand. And it isn't, there is no word for Trinity in the Bible. It is something that people a lot wiser um, than any people I know um, got together and hashed this out and argued it out and really, really went at it to try and figure out where this came from. And that's why Trinity is a dogma of the church. It is something that is, um, has been historically argued out and, and other things are seen as now heretical. The mother God thing, there has never been an argument over it because it's actually so scripturally ludicrous that there is a mm. mother God that it hasn't even b been an issue. It's not that they were hiding it or they were lying to their people or were not actually truly chosen, which is how some people would see it. It's actually there is no scriptural starting point for a mother yeah. God figure. At least there is a scriptural starting point for the Holy Spirit figure. Um, yeah. So yeah, I just, I want to make that really clear because I've heard people go, well, it's just like the Holy Spirit. Well, it's not. It's actually very different. Um, one but is like, actually found in scripture and one's yeah. not. Can I, can I ask that then? Because I mean, like, not that I'm imagining there's a lot of Hebrew or Greek scholars with the Wibbs cult movement necessarily. Um, but 
you know, I know that there are the odd, you know, references in the original Hebrew that talk about the spirit in feminine terms. Is that perhaps yep. where they're drawing some of that, that, that verbiage from, some of that idea from? No, or? no it's the New Jerusalem. Hmm. And I think, I think they would, Jerusalem. I think they would um, like to. Uh, and if they're, they, they may, some of them may at times use that potentially, but that's not where they got it from. Interestingly, like you say, they use the New Jerusalem. Um, New Jerusalem is, is a place. Hmm. Uh, they call New Jerusalem a person, uh, Zangilja. However, they also refer to their headquarters. Uh, I've got it written down somewhere here. It's Palestine. No, no, the different podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so um, at least a debate. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, Pangyo Temple, New Jerusalem. That that they call their their main temple, their headquarters, Pangyo Temple, New Jerusalem. So they're confused as to whether or not New Jerusalem is a person slash goddess, or is it a, or or is it a place? Um, so so they seem to be relatively confused about this, and and a many great many other things. I would be very surprised if they have any Hebrew and Greek scholars going through their stuff, like because mm. of, of the just blatant confusion yeah. and all this things. Like I could make a better argument for mother God than I see for theirs, you know, mm. just from things like the Holy Spirit is a feminine thing or, you know, like things like that. Like, uh, you know, this is why I should obviously start my own cult. It's, mm. it's obviously my calling. <laughs> The LDS or Mormons, as most people know, by it, the LDS movement uh, mm. have a concept of a heavenly mother, um, and theirs is far more justified and hashed out. Now that is in conjunction, typically, with their extra biblical scriptures, mm. um, but they have arguments from uh, biblical scripture as well. Mm. Arguments that, in my opinion, don't hold up in, in the slightest, and in truth don't hold up in the slightest but um they are definitely more rational arguments than Wimscog have i think um, Wimscog. the problem with Wimscog is that they want to keep any of the original teachings of ang um then then the mother god stuff has to be tacked on the side and exactly. so the idea of you know the father the son and the holy spirit and ang's teachings well the holy spirit can't therefore be mother god because ang mm is you know like the the whole modalism thing these three are, and ang are obviously interchangeable so how does a female you know and so mm. it's it's just kind of shoved on the side by his mm. mistress um i think to make her powerful yeah personally is yeah, how i a, see it this seems like a conflation of these terms and they exist paradoxically but there's no kind of effort to kind of like say well these two can't be both true because like you know they're mutually exclusive but well you're not allowed to question this stuff if you're a member you're not allowed to question in research so you know you have to follow the teachings i mean that's very cult-like behavior follow Mm -hmm. the teachings what we say is true and i mean if you are sleep deprived and this is your family and you are taught that this is this is what you believe and you Mm -hmm. have to believe what comes from the top Mm -hmm. then you're not even going to question which actually i have to say is quite typical of a lot of christians as well who will listen to what their pastor says and goes oh well that's what the i was talking about this with a friend the other day she Mm -hmm. had an argument with her pastor at a bible study and everyone was like and it's like because she she was saying no that's not right and you know if you look at the hebrew and things good old laid law person um, (laughs) you know but it's we will we listen to the person at the front and we go well they must be telling the truth. So I'll mm. just accept that. And we've already forgotten last week's sermon. So if there's something contradictory in it, we don't even register. Yeah. Yeah. Um, an- another argument that uh, Wimscog will put forth, a-, a non-biblical argument that they'll put forth for the concept of Mother God is goes along something like this. It's three points in it. Uh, one, children can only exist if there is a mother. True. Two, a father is not a father without children. True. Three, children only have life from a mother. 
these three points are, are, are very true when it when applying to humans. However, they somehow use this analogy to prove that there is a mother God because God the Father can't. But the, the God the Father how, can't. How, yeah, well, they used this argument when they came to our flat. That was hmm. like the first one they busted out and they were like, well, God the Father can't have a son if there's not a mother, right? Yeah. But then in their own theology, the son and the father are interchangeable anyway, right? So yeah. it doesn't really make sense anyway if you break it down. Yeah. But there's also the whole thing of, of like, you know, you, you can't have the holy family if you don't have a mother God because how would it even work and you know like it, it gets but it, in their own theology it breaks down like this is why we're having such trouble like even describing what this belief is because it yeah. is so convoluted it's ridiculous yeah and and it's taking human precepts and understanding and going well that must be the way that god works yeah which is the most putting god in a box i've ever heard in my life yeah. but you know and and one thing that that is helpful to point out i'll just share something again here uh, one thing that is helpful to point out to uh, someone in this case is Genesis chapter 1, verse 27, which I mentioned earlier. So God created man in his own image. Oh, sorry, did my screen share just messed up there? Oh, no, there we go. In his own image, in the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Now, notice this word here, created, which is the Hebrew yibra. Now, I, I may not have that pronunciation uh, down Disgusting. Properly. Personally, I'm just... Ugh. Okay, Absolutely. Um, I, I apologize. <laughs> no, actually, uh, I'd have to look at it closer. I wasn't actually looking, so I was fine. <laughs> Isn't there supposed to be more phlegm? Like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's probably yeah. a yibra or something. Bra. So it's like a noise in yeah. the back of your throat. So now let's Just, look at know, this word. Pulling out my Hebrew. Woo! <laughs> let's look at this word, create or be created. This is used in the uh, ESV translation, at least uh, in three different forms. As creator, it is used oh, three times. As creation, it is used once and then create created creates 44 times do you see the word birthed do you see the word conceived no god created us god did not give birth to us so he god doesn't need uh to be a woman uh like humans do um if we go back to those passages sorry yeah, sure just thing. Go back quickly, and I just want you to scroll through quickly. I just because you said that, I just want to see if there's anything oh. about um, a mother or father creating their child, like if that ever comes up. Like, let's go back to those examples. Okay. Yep. We can just do a quick scroll through. So use the the examples. No, that's all God. God create uh, you've created all the children of men form lightness of dark okay keep going down go down go down they're created now behold are created no there's nothing there that exactly. is, that's a very good point yeah so no there's nothing that is about a father it's all about God creating mm. yeah yeah okay Oh, now let's see, uh, just, mm. just for fun. Can mm. you hear this? No. No? Okay, I will. Is it saying a guttural? I will put it on through my speakers just for the fun of it. Okay, do it. Bara. Bara. Oh, it's the soft hat one. Bara. Bara. Yeah, so that, that's just for fun. That, that's how I like you it. that one. Nice. Thanks for that. No worries. 
So, no no biblical premise, uh, no unsung Hong premise. Um, in fact, the, the the first person to come up with the idea of the mother god was not Juchul Kim, was not Zangil Jia. Uh, Juchul Kim being the current leader, Zangil Jia being the current co-leader and mother god. It was a woman named Unsuin. Unsuin was a member of the early earlier movement started by Ansung Hong, and she started claiming that she was Mother God. And Ansung Hong vehemently denied this. In fact, in a book that he wrote, he prefaced it by saying that no, there is no such thing as a Mother God. Um, in, in later, I think in like the Mike Winger mentioned in the seventh chapter or something of, of this book, he goes into detail as to why there can't be a mother God. So like you said, Christine, the, the, these people uh, are trying the, the leaders rather that they're, they're trying to rewrite their own history and they're not doing a good job of it. They're, they're doing a good job of keeping it from their members, but the more uh, people like Mike Winger, um, I can't remember his name, but there's a guy who's a former leader who I will link uh, in the description uh, who oh. now speaks out against um, Wimscog. Uh, the more people make these videos, the more people are leaving the church because they're finding nice. out the truth about their church. Mike Winger has been messaged by so many people saying, yep, I've left uh, nice. because of your videos. Um so is that other guy yeah yeah i mean yeah. Hmm. Yeah. I, I, w- I wanted to go back before though like is there any conflation with like say you know john 3 jesus talks with Nic- nicodemus and they're talking about being born again like is that you know talking about salvation in terms of birth is that any kind of conflation for a typical Wimscog missionary is that I'm, I'm trying to be devil's advocate on their behalf and actually argue for them are they trying to link it or You've never come across that, or not I that haven't. I'm not that I'm aware of. Mm. No, it's um, it's. I think you're putting too much stock in them having a lot of scriptural basis. <laughs> Unfortunately, <laughs> I mean, it, a lot of it. A lot of it seems that it is just. It's so patchy. It's so patchy, and even you know, from what I've I've heard of Mike Winger's stuff, like he's found it so patchy <laughs> and just mm-hmm. all over the place, and yeah. it's it's really hard to come up with like a definitive kind of this is where they get their stuff from, because it's just like it's it's bizarre. It is a bizarre thing, but the way that they preach it is really convincing. Yeah. They, they they stand behind a lot of statements. I've I've listened to a couple of their um, sermons, uh, but they're ones in Korean that have been translated. Um, and just the way in which they they speak about scripture meaning something, they don't even use exegesis or even refer to traditional Hebrew or Greek languages, but they just say this means that very very adamantly, and it's. It's and if you strange. get a charismatic leader, I mean, yeah. I have to say there are some Christian churches that do the same, just oh, stand up the front yeah. and say, this is what this means. And everybody goes, oh, yes, of course. Um, yeah. I have to say there is one church I went to, which shall remain nameless for now, but um, in in Auckland um, where I got told off and told that I was being tempted by the devil because I was looking up something in the Bible that the preacher had said to see if it was actually true. And and they were like, the devil is distracting you from the sermon. Um, so this oh. happens in churches. They may or may not have been reported to cult watch by me, but um, <laughs> it's, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's a very, very easy tactic to use. The peer pressure, the what are you doing? Don't you know? We know better. We're trained better than you. We've listened to God more than you. You're just a lowly, humble servant. Stop, you know, being distracted. Stop, you know, and so it's that, and and you get somebody who's a is a good preacher, and it's a problem. It's a mm-hmm. problem, you know, and you know, just like people with prophetic gifts should do so with fear and trembling, um, preachers should stand up when fear and trembling 
and be like, I am teaching people something from the word of God. I better be getting this right. Mm-hmm. You know, and if you're not doing it slightly terrified, then you're not doing it right in my book. Yeah. Good word. Um, Amen. Indeed. Amen. Um, one more verse that they like to use um, briefly for Mother God. Now, now this shows exactly how confused they are about many things is Matthew 6, verse 9. Excuse me. Do, do, do. I just fell in the silence. <laughs> Little thing My apologies. I'm, I'm not feeling very well today. Oh, um, well, we appreciate you being here and doing this when you're not feeling well. Oh, thank you. It, it's my pleasure, though. Bless you, friend. Um, so <laughs> Matthew 6, verse 9 is the beginning of the Lord's Prayer. Pray then like this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Now, can either of you point, tell me how that uh, may mean there is a mother God? Our father. So he's our father. So we need to have a mother as well. Mm. That's it. That's exactly their reasoning. It's... But that's stupid. I would just like to say, I mean, I said that kind of like, it surely mm. can't be that because that's a saying that the mother God exactly. gave birth to us. Exactly. Isn't that their whole reasoning? Is that you need to have a mother because she's the one that gives birth to the children? So, yeah, are we all divinely born? Did just, I come out of a Korean woman and I don't even know? Have I been lied to my whole life? Oh, mom, I thought I was. I thought I was mostly Dutch and Irish. And I, well, obviously, got a strong Korean streak going through all of us. So when they say mm. that we're brothers and sisters in Christ, and I always found that a bit funny. Like when I talk to Luke, and I'm like, "You're actually my brother." Is he actually my Korean brother? Is that what you're telling me right now? <laughs> I guess so. That that's why I love Korean fried chicken with a passion. Oh, Korean food is good. It's real good. I'm not a big fan of kimchi, to be honest. No. I I quite like kimchi if in moderation. And mm. when I say moderation, a tiny, mm. tiny little bit. <laughs> fried, fried chicken and beer. Fried chicken and beer. Oh yeah. my gosh. Well, I, I can't big, say anything about big... the beer, but oh, yeah. yep, that's <laughs> uh, yep. <laughs> well, I, no, I probably fan. could. But... <laughs> yeah, you could do non-alcoholic. <laughs> well, no, no, no. I could probably say a lot about beer, and that's yeah. the problem. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, and and I right. am a fan of the great Korean uh, confectionery brand Lottie, uh, because that is the Huge. name of my daughter. Oh. Yeah. Wait, Although they is spell Lottie it... a Korean? No, well, they spell it L-O-T-T-E, whereas uh, we spell Lottie's name L-O-T-T-I-E. Oh. Where did but, you get baby-flavoured yeah. sweets? That sounds like, kind of weird, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, there are so many layers going on to this oh, whole Korean yeah. thing yeah. right now. <laughs> yeah. If there are any Koreans listening to this, we love you. <laughs> We do. And we, we are do. not we insulting you in any way, shape, or form. I was called an honorary Korean by my Korean flatmate, mm. who was the cutest woman I've ever met in my life, Mina, who would just, she was just so adorable, and I love her. And if mm. she listens to this, Mina, I love you and I miss you. Indeed. Hey, I'm going to call, I'm going to pull the black friend card. Uh, <laughs> my pasta is Korean. Uh, oh, so, yeah. oh, well, you win. Do you yeah. do the Korean bow to him then? Because your the depth no. of your bow depends on how much you respect them. So just give him a head nod next time you see him and see if he gets upset. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I might do. I'll, I'll try that tomorrow. <laughs> um, so something I figured I would uh, kind of just when maybe not necessarily finish with, but just I, I thought was was a helpful thing um, just to recite. Uh, Mike Winger had in in his video where he dives into Ansung Hong's uh, history and teachings. He came out with seven conclusions about Wim's Cog and uh, more specifically Ansung Hong. These seven conclusions are as follows. Number one, Ansung Hong did not claim to be Christ. Two, he was not Christ. Three, the Bible rules out any possibility that he was Christ. He, he came to earth in the wrong way. Um, he didn't do what Jesus was supposed to do. He had parents. He died. He had kids. He married. He cheated on his wife, technically. Um, legally, he did. Okay, number four. 
he was wrong about Passover, 120% wrong about Passover. Uh, <coughs> excuse me. Number five, he did not restore the gospel or Passover. He just distorted it. Number six, he taught against God the mother, despite the current group's vehement claims. And finally, number seven, Wimscog is not the child of Unsung Hong, but is really the creation of Ju Chil Kim, the current leader. Now there will be more explanation for that in um, our in, in in the description, and uh, but it has also been kind of hinted at and kind of proven by the fact that we've pointed out Unsung Hong did not believe a lot of the things that the church believe uh, teach to be core fundamental doctrines. Uh, that separate them from everyone else. Those are good seven points. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I thought so too. So thank you, Mike Winger. Um, yeah, for this. great and, and on this. Yeah. 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 And it gives, such great, things. Yeah, it gives such great coverage to what you've already said, both you and uh, Christine. Both, uh, yeah. Yeah. He's got like six hours on this in total, oh, on yeah. or maybe more. On this. Yeah. So we are scratching the surface. So if you're listening to this and you know somebody in um, Mother God Church, they feel free to use this as a very brief intro. But seriously, if you really want yeah. them to understand where they're coming from and, and where, what church they belong to, get them onto Mike Winger because he yeah. specifically addresses this towards people in the church at the moment. Mm. Um, yeah. That is where his heart is in his podcast on this. And he's fantastic. He has so much information and so many resources. And he is incredibly graceful and love filled in his mm. approach as well. Like he's never kind of like, you're so stupid for being part of that or anything like that. His heart yeah. is to spread the truth. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and I've, I've been a big fan of his for quite some time now. So mm. I, yeah, I, I agree. Um, yeah, he's a great man. Perhaps, perhaps a good point to put to you, both of you guys here at this point is like, I'd love to ask the question on, on behalf of like, you know, your typical New Zealand Christian who might be watching this. Um, I, I think your anecdote that you started with Christine speaks to this with some um, validity, with some potency, but you know, how, how much of an issue do you think this is to our New Zealand churches? Like, do you think this is prevalent in the typical congregation that, I mean, I remember hearing a, a couple of articles and reading a couple of things, maybe two or three years ago, where there was whispers of this in different churches and that there were people trying to evangelize and actually draw out, you know, particularly Korean believers into some of these kind of, you know, Hey, closet mm. yourself away. You associate with this. Don't actually go to your church anymore. We're the true mm. church. Um, but then, like, you know, it seemed to kind of just be all hushed up again, you know, as, as soon as I actually heard or read anything about it. Yeah, I guess open question to either of you. Is this something that you're kind of aware of is going on in the churches? I, I, mean, I, guess, I guess as much the degree as it is going on all over the world in different contexts, right? But mm. um, I mean, I would, I think the danger of any um, heretical false gospelly unsound beliefs of any nature um, happening in New Zealand churches, the danger of it is huge. Um, mm. I think that by and large, um, Kiwi believers tend to be very um, unaware of their own scriptures, um, that they are very uneducated around exegesis, um, that they are um, very easily swayed by charismatic preachers. Um, I think there is a tendency to follow the newest and latest trends. Mm. Um, I think that things get very diluted in the pulpit. Um, I mean, I love the church. I'm sounding very critical right now, but I do. I really love the church as the body of Christ is broken and as bloodied and as disabled as that body is. Mm. Um, 
as much as that bride is wheeling down in a wheelchair hooked up to IVs to meet her Jesus, she is definitely, she's beautiful because God's love, Jesus' love for her makes her beautiful. Mm-hmm. And I have a huge heart for the church. Um, but it is, it is so dangerous. Um, the number of Christians I know that will just be like, read the the bible and and wait for a verse that will speak to them mm. you know um mm. rather than understanding the context understanding the meta narrative and you know god does still use mm. verse, they they're kind of like oh but it's so boring and it's so dry and it takes away any of the life of of the scriptures and i'm like actually when you understand it it brings so much more life yeah. to the scripture um yeah. It it brings so much beauty and depth and understanding. And so when a verse does jump out at you and grabs you by the throat and goes, here I am, Mm. it means so much more because you have an understanding of what it actually means for that person then and how that then reflects on what you're going through and all this kind of thing. And the number of people I see with with Bible verses on magnets that are so out of context, it makes me hurt <laughs> inside. Um, you know, I like, I won't go into any of them, but there are a few of them that are just, uh, it's just painful. And, and people and Q who, insane clown posse. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, it's so, <sighs> it's heartbreaking to see how far, the New Zealand church has dumbed down their belief system. Um, You know, there was a guy a couple of generations ago, I forget his name. He was based out of Christchurch and he used to hold a Bible study. And all it was, was a straight up Bible study for like three hours. And it was outside of Christchurch. So people like young people had to like cycle there to get there for a couple of hours. Um, And he had like 200 people coming to his Bible study, you know, and I'm like, that would not happen if there wasn't good music and lights and some pizza and, you know, like all this other stuff that, and we've made youth group, something that's more just like a, a, a kid's drop-off center so parents can have Friday night off rather than mm. what are we actually teaching our young people and how do we read the Bible? And, and then they grow into adults who will just sit in church and listen to the sermon because that's what you do and you take it at face value and you don't actually research and you don't write notes to go and read it up over the week and you don't go to the Bible studies. And the Bible study groups don't actually follow on from the sermons as well, so we're getting like no follow-through and all this kind of... And anyway, oh, I have I have a lot of problems because I have such a love for the scripture and such a love for the church and I want to see them meld together. Mm. But that's where this stuff becomes dangerous because we don't have a depth of understanding of our scriptures. Yeah. There's a lack of discernment. Yeah. Yeah. Well, how can you discern if you don't know what the truth is? Exactly. Yeah. You know, and yeah, sorry, Caleb, go. No, no, sorry. I was just going to say that's very well put, um, Christine. Thank you. Uh, and uh, I especially, um, what stood out to me is the idea that a lot of people in the church, New Zealand and worldwide will just, like you say, they'll, they'll be encouraged to take a verse and think about it. Just pick a random verse. It, it, it reminds me of the old anecdote of the man. Okay, God, I'm just going to point to a random verse. Yeah. And Judas hanged himself from a tree. <laughs> Go forth and do so. Yeah, and then, yeah. And then the you next know. verse says, "Hurry and do make haste." You know, do it. Quickly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. It's like okay, yeah. That that that's not how Bible study works. It's it's a it's a discipline. It is a. Um, it's hard yakka. Bible study is not just reading your Bible either, um, no. but m- more on that later. <laughs> um, but yeah, I I think uh, to answer your question, Jared, about what danger or, or um i guess a better word would be uh, risk does uh this pose you know what level of risk does this pose mm. to the church in new zealand i would say it's a it it I, I don't know the exact numbers in new zealand um but it is extremely problematic uh it's it's something that uh that, that they're very very heavy on proselytizing mm. i have seen them in albany mall i've seen them out west um i've seen that they they have one of their zions out west Uh, it's 
proselytizing for those who don't know is, is evangelizing and making new believers. Just sorry. Just sorry. Yes. No, no. Thank, thank you for the, yeah, thank yeah, you for the clarification there. Um, so they're, they're very heavy on that. Mm. Uh, something that they're very focused on at the moment um, and have been for quite some time is college and university campuses. Um, Where there's and, already a lot of questioning and, and soul searching and stuff going yeah. on. Yeah, which can be a good thing. However, they tend to limit this uh, should they um, join. Anyway, uh, this is part of, at, at the beginning of the cast, I mentioned they are slightly rebranding to ASEZ, A-S, or ASEZ, A-S-E-Z. Um, on college campuses and, and, and university campuses, that's what they refer to themselves as. Because if they go and start a group under the name Winscog, universities now know don't don't have anything to do with them. Uh, mm. A lot of students mm. even know, okay, avoid them. They also have um, other groups under the names Elohim Academy, the Melchizedek Bible Study Club, uh, and Elohist Academy. I, I may not have that right. Um, I'll try to get that um, and correct that. We'll probably possibly bring it up on screen. Um, so yeah, be beware of those names should you come across them. That is likely Winscog um, because they know that they have a bad name. Uh, they know that they need to be deceitful uh, because the leaders... I believe in truth, know that they are lying. And if they don't, they're just heavily, heavily misguided and have a God complex, quite literally, beyond many, many cult leaders, in my opinion. So, yeah, the risk is high, um, especially with quite a strong Korean community in New Zealand. Um, yeah. We're a very intercultural uh, culture. Um, in Auckland, yeah. we, yeah. We, we have a lot of Korean immigrants and citizens and residents. Uh, so that, that is something that, that poses a big risk. Well, if I recall, like, oh, man, I, I wish I could remember the actual, you know, referencing, but it was basically speaking to the Auckland context, this, this article they came across, and it was saying, hey, you know, you know, Auckland pastors, Auckland Christians, be aware of your Korean brothers and sisters because, mm. you know, people are going out and they're like, you know, they're seeking to actually, you know, steal these, you know, steal these yeah, congregants and, away. And mm. I think particularly mm. in universities and things in Auckland in mm. particular, there are a lot of Korean students and they are isolated from their families. Yeah, they're isolated yeah, from yeah, their true. communities. That's so good. Um, you know, and this offers a community where there are sermons in their own language, there's mm -hmm. writings in their own language, there are a mm -hmm. lot of Korean people, and you know, and so it's attractive from a community point of view. And then it it starts with the brain stuff, you know, like and the the sleep deprivation and all that kind of thing. And for Korean people in general, uh, community and family is really really important. Mm -hmm. um, and so you know, stay in. Um, with your community, the peer pressure to be there for those late nights and mm. things like that um, will be a, a potentially a lot stronger um, for our Asian brothers and sisters um, than yeah. it would be for Pakia. Um, you know, as just as there are, um, you know, with the Mormons and Jehovah's Witnesses, there are large contingents within our Pacifica Maori communities um, yeah. for similar reasons, actually, um, for a lot of community and things like that. It can start with that, and then it brings a sense of belonging and a sense of ownership, and yeah. and then it, it um, distorts the truth. And so we do need mm -hmm. to be careful. And sometimes, you know, that means that we actually need to step out of our cultural comf comfort mm. zone and learn some Korean, yeah. you know, and yeah. go and eat some kimchi and help them feel like they belong in our churches. Yeah. Um, and because they're not our churches, they're their churches. Uh, but if you're coming from Korea into New Zealand and you, and you walk into a New Zealand church, it's very different yeah. from a Korean church and they're not going to feel like it's their church. And yeah. so we need to find ways of, of 
reaching them as brothers and sisters in Christ? What would we do mm. for our own siblings to make them feel welcome? Because mm. that's what we mm. need to be doing. Yeah, I've, I've always felt from like an orthopraxis point of view, like multiculturalism is such a you know mainstay of Christian belief and actually how we need to reach out to brothers and sisters in Christ. You know, we actually absolutely show that love for the unity and diversity of the Imago yeah. Day, you know. I mean it's it's so beautiful. And if you're work, mm. walking into a church and it's all white people and you're in Auckland, yeah. your church is doing something wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, it really yeah. is. Especially um, in Auckland, especially. Definitely. Especially in Auckland. I mean, and mm. and you know, I'm in Taupo, and um, it's it's. I would say if you walk in and there are no Maori people, then you've got a problem in your church. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. It's. I would say the same of people with disabilities and mental health problems and addiction and street people and all that kind of stuff. If you're walking into church and you are not seeing a cross section of the cultural climate of where you live then you've got a problem. And in yeah. New Zealand, and in Auckland, that is culturally. Um, yeah. And and that means that, yeah, maybe have a Korean weekend where your church all gets together and the Korean contingent runs the worship in Korean. Mm. You can sing worship songs in Korean if they yeah. can sing it in English. Yeah. Just suck it up, people. Mm. <laughs> so, or just stand there and hum along if you yeah, can. Yeah, you know, like it's it's just about being like these are these are my siblings in christ Mm. and i love them and i want them to feel like they belong not that they're just here yeah Mm -hmm. wonderful um and to sorry i just had a thought um (laughs) no way to the to (laughs) yeah sorry i couldn't help it i couldn't (laughs) help it <laughs> um, to the viewers who may be checking the comment section, our comment sections aren't usually very busy, uh, but I can imagine there, there, there's a chance that it, it may um, be a little bit more populated than typically. Um, this is also something that Wim's Cog do is they, uh, the leaders, create lots of accounts uh, to harass, abuse. Um, in very, very horrible, uh, homophobic, racist, uh, just very degrading manners. Uh, they use a, a, a lot of uh, slurs, I've noticed. Really? In the comments that they leave. Oh, now, nice. how do we know that these are the leaders? Uh, because, as you mentioned, Christine, members are not allowed to research their group. So watching a video like a, an expose on Wimscog would be constituted as researching your group they would not want to publicly put themselves out there saying i'm researching my group uh so it is more than likely uh those leaders making these accounts saying you will burn for this um refer you know commenting on people's race in regards to how that affects the the validity of their argument um all kinds of horrible, horrible things that... Will this be aimed at us or at other commenters? Both. Oh, uh, okay. Both. I yes. mean, we can uh, hack it, but... Yeah, we can, <laughs> yeah. but yeah, yeah. Just, a, just a heads up, commenters or, or would-be commenters, uh, that is something that can happen, that I've seen happen in, to be fair, more popular comment sections, uh, more popular um, voices... Uh, but it can still potentially happen. Hey, maybe we'll get a boom from this. Hopefully, you yeah, know, that'd be cool. Maybe we, this we is our mind. way in. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, Come on, Wimscock. <laughs> any any publicity is good pub- publicity. You know. Um, <laughs> oh dear. You know, uh, we're not trying for that, but hey, if it happens, it happens. Um, yeah. But yeah, we 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 do present this uh, this cast in love. Mm. And in with hopefully with grace, we, we hope that we have approached it with grace. Um, we want not only the the Christian church to be informed about this, but we it, it is also our heart and our desire and our prayer that people in people who are who are suffering from Wimscog uh, may be encouraged by this be they a member or have friends or family who are members that they have been disconnected from mm-hmm. that there is hope in the true Jesus Christ yeah. that mm-hmm. things can be reconciled and they can be rescued from this mm-hmm. it's not easy but it's doable mm-hmm. yeah absolutely 
I would I would like to add to that that if um, someone is watching this who is either a member or um, has is afraid for somebody that they know um, about this or actually any other group and you have questions about scriptures or things like that, we are more than happy for you to ask those questions. Um, and if we don't know, we will say so. We're mm. not the be all and end all, um, but we will try and find resources um, for you or places you can go to look for answers. Um, please, you are not doing this alone. We know that a lot of families in the world struggle um, with you know, people that they, they really care about being led down um, very dangerous roads. So please reach out and um, mm-hmm. ask, ask questions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. Mm-hmm. Cool. Cool. Um, shall I pray for us to close off, guys? Sure thing. Unless, and, uh, and could we, can we pray for members of Wimscog as yep. well? Yep. I think that's a beautiful. Um, I think example. I think that's really important. Well, I actually wanted to ask Christine. Like, um, I, I was either willing to pray myself or wanted to ask, would you like to pray? You know, actually finishing off our first cast together as a group. Oh, oh, um, sure. I love prayer, so <laughs> yeah. I'm okay yeah. praying for people. Love yeah, that. absolutely. <laughs> Let's do this thing. I feel so cool. honoured. That's my first <laughs> time. <laughs> After this, you'll be like, no more prayer for you. No. <laughs> got the first time and that's it okay all right we, I will pray. we don't mute women on this channel <laughs> <laughs> women are allowed to pray they're just not allowed to preach didn't you know gosh uh, even i know that one they're allowed to prophesy at the church just not preach yeah hey, listen that's something wimscog is doing right clearly there are women teachers so <laughs> <laughs> they're a feminist movement hey, i'm sorry wherever wherever the <laughs> Wherever the truth is, you know, even if it's the underlayers. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Jesus, thank you so much um, for this podcast. Thank you for the opportunity to be part of it. Thank you for my brothers in Christ and for the love and openness they have shown me and asking me to be part of this and for being able to share laughter and silliness um, even while we share uh, truth about you. We pray that our message goes out um, as in truth, but mostly in love, that people will feel um, your love surround them in this, that they will um, feel convicted wherever they need to be, but that they will also feel encouraged and strengthened in truth and love. Um, Father, we pray for the people of the Wimscog movement. We pray for particularly for those who have no idea of what is going on at a leadership level, um, those that have been uh, led blindly down really dangerous roads, uh, those that think they are believing the truth and are being lied to, just blatantly lied to about their movement and about theology and about scripture. And we know that that just breaks your heart, um, that people could be led to it lies about who you are Uh, we pray for freedom for breaking of chains in people's minds and hearts that they will be led to people who speak truth whether this podcast or Mike Winger or anyone else who is speaking truth and love um, to help these people leave this uh, awful situation Uh, we pray for uh, spiritual breaking as well in this church Um, because there is definitely spiritual elements to this as well as uh, lies. So we pray for truth, pray for love, we pray for your spirit to move mightily and to, to bring people out of darkness. And we pray for those who may hear this podcast, who may come across these people, that they will respond in grace and in love to the people who are in the church that they will um, also be um, inspired by you um, through their own study of scripture to be able to speak uh, into these people's lives in truth Uh, that scripture is truth and we know it to be true and that they will do their own study to learn that truth so deep in their bones that in in whatever situation they are found in they can speak that truth 
Um, Father, we ask for your blessing over your people, over the Church of New Zealand. We ask for you to strengthen us, to grow us and to challenge us. Um, and again, this thank you for this podcast. Grow it where you will. Let it reach who you want it to reach. And uh, may your spirit go forth. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Cool. Cool. Oh, you're still on mute, Jared. Jared, you're on mute. Thank you. <laughs> I think by now I've, I've been uh, Thanks, everybody, for gathering with us and uh, look forward to seeing you again for the next one. Indeed. See you guys. Yeah.